Good morning, everybody. Uh, we just had a Musr moment from Barry, and today we'll be learning Daf Pei in Masechah Yuma Bezrat Hashem. And so we start with the last line on Ayin Tesem Bez. Barry was just saying how Chaverim are so uh, wonderful and they're so selfless these days. May we all be zochet to strive. He, uh, we, when his car got stuck recently, they were helpful and they would not take a penny. All right. We should all be Chaverim. Uh, in the, in the sense that, you know what I mean. Tanya Rabbi Oimer. What are we talking about? Um, we're talking about Shiurim. What does Rabbi Meir say? As we arrive at Pehmet Aleph, Kola Shiurim Kulan Bechazayis. Rashi points out immediately in the beginning, on top of Daf Pei, Hamurim Beochlin. He's saying every Shir that has to do with Ochlin is, is Chazayis. Chutz Metumas Ochlin. Except for, as we will see, what's Tumas Ochlin? Basically, uh, we'll see, is it, is it the imparting Tuma to Ochlin? Getting Tuma from Ochlin? I think it was Erevin where we got very deep into this. Um, but we'll see. That has a different shear, as we'll see. Shashina Hakasov bin Mashman. Now, this is an interesting thing. The statement that we're going to see is ambiguous or it's just enigmatic. We don't know exactly what, what Rebbe is saying, and then the Gemara is going to take it apart. Uh, and eventually, by the end, uh, in, within a few lines, you'll know exactly what Rebbe means. But first, he's saying, Tumas, usually all the shirin by food is kezais, except for Tumas Ochlin. Shishina Akosov and Mashman. We'll see how this was happening in the Pasuk. The Pasuk changes the meaning a little bit with regards to that specific, uh, idea of Tumas Ochlin. In other words, everything else, when it says, uh, Achila, that it's also to, to eat, it's, it's clear that it's kezais. By Thomas Ochlin, not, not so. It's a different wording. This is a nuclear line. It says that the Chachamim, as Rabari Libowitz Shlita, the great Afyomi master, points out, this makes it sound like the Chachamim are the ones that are Koveyad Shiurim. But as we will soon see, it seems like, and we've already had this Gemara, you might recall in Erevin, we had the Gemara that all the Shiurim are Minatorah, are Halachal and Moshe Misinai. And then, and then we, and then we brought asmachtas and psukim for every one of the shiurim in every scenario. But here, when it says v'shinu chachamim b'shiurim, it looks like the chachamim have the ability to be kaver what the shiurim are. So I think it was the briskarav that he quoted. He brought up the concept, a fascinating concept, changes the entire concept of shinu chachamim b'shiurim and the concept of shiurim being halacha l'moshim Sinai. We're going to see that Rabbi Yochanan holds that shiurim are halacha l'moshim Sinai. The Briska Rav holds that that's a machlokis. Uh, that's a machlokis between Rabbi Lazar, as we'll see, and Rabbi Yochanan. How so? Well, shinu chachamim b'shiuran makes it sound like the chazal get to decide. What do they get to decide? And what's halacha l'moshim Sinai? So the explanation that Rabbi Leibowitz gave was, let's say the... Halacha l'moshim Sinai is that the following are the measurements. Like, for example, it would be the equivalent of saying, we go by the metric system. So do liters, kilometers, and whatever. And that's the measurements that we're going to use for our shirin. Because after all, who, mehechetesi kezayis, kebeza, as we'll see. We're going to see the source of kebeza today, so that'll be very exciting. But the question is, where, where is that from? So you see, so that is halacha l'moshim Sinai. The whole idea of a kazais and the kabeza and a revius and a lug, these are, that was established halachal moshim Sinai. How much we're going to be high for each individual thing was left up the chachamim to decide. Do you see? So it would be like saying, oh, we're going to use the metric system. 
But how much is going to be a chiv for each thing is for the chazal to, to decide. That is an interesting right uh, idea that sort of um, not what you think when we say that that every, all the all the shirim are lachal moshe misinai. A hardline approach to that would be that not only the met- the system that we're using is lachal moshe misinai, but also the specifics are lachal moshe misinai. But we see here perhaps not so, and that perhaps is alluded to in this um, statement that seemingly. Uh, harmless statement of Shinu Chacham Bishiran, maybe that's alluded to that the Chachamim, in fact, decide, uh, once we know what the measures are, they decide the specific measures for each specific activity. Okay. And then this statement of Rabbi finishes, Uraila Davar Yom Kippurim. And somehow, everything that we've said about Yom Kippur up until now is the source for all of this. So what's going on? That all the shirim are the same, except for Tumah, and we get the source for Yom Kippur. So now the Gemara starts to analyze. Says the Gemara, Mai Shina Mashmo. Which pasuk changed the mashmos? So, in the statement of Rebbe, it said that that was betumas ochlim. But at this point in the Gemara, the Gemara is talking not about betumas ochlim, but the raya lodavar from Yom Kippur. And this raya is something that we're very familiar with from yesterday's shir, which is milo tuneh. Lo tuneh is the lashon by Yom Kippur. That's where the pasuk taught taught us that this is not the usual Isser Achila by Yom Kippur, but rather it's one of affliction. And what does Rebbe mean when he says that the Chachamim thus changed what the Shir is? Right? So again, from Halakha Moshim Sinai was that there is such a thing as a Shir of Koseves. We spent much of yesterday discussing, is it bigger, larger, or equal to a Kabeza? But now that we said the Shir of Koseves, that is the, what we applied the Losane for, which is to say, normally we have by all Sarachila Kazais, but as we mentioned yesterday, when it says Losuna that you should not be afflicted, it's, it's making reference that it's not exactly the sheer Achila per se, it's whatever would make you hungry, so to speak. And that is, um, not by eating a Kazais, you don't exactly, um, uh, actually uh, satisfy your appetite at all, but rather by, so therefore, it, the sheer for, uh, of achila, anyam kippur is larger, that's what we said, and that's from the word losana. It doesn't say you shouldn't eat, it says you shouldn't afflict, and that's how yesterday we developed, we come up with the sheer being a kosevis, in, as in our Mishnah, as opposed to a kazais. That's the shine kosevimashmo, and that is, from there, we had a hint that in the Pasuk by Tumas Ochlin, it's also referring to a different shear other than the Kazais. What is that Pasuk in Tumas Ochlin? We're about to get there. So let's see. The Gemara first says, Umay Raya Dover Yom Kippurim. And how is this a, a Raya from Yom Kippurim? Says the Gemara. Because if you only read the Pasuk by Tumas Ochlin on its own, you would have just glossed over it. You would have thought that it was a regular Isra Achila. But because of the fact that we had such a big change in Yom Kippurim that we says it's Lo Sa'ana, and then from there we realized that sometimes the Pasuk says something differently and it's alluding to an Isra other than an Isra Achila of Kazais, once we were tipped off to that possibility by the uh, Isra Achila on Yom Kippur, that has our antennas up such that when we read the Pasuk by Thomas Ochlin, we know that it may not be referring to an Isra Kazayas of Achila at all, but it might be referring to a different shear. Having given all of this background, now Barry, I see, is at the edge of his seat. He wants to know, what is this Pasuk in Thomas Ochlin? What could possibly be so unique? So now the Gemara is going to give it to you, Barry. Thomas Ochlin Kavetsa Minolan. Where do we know that the Isser of Tumas Ochlin 
is, or the, right, the, the measure for Tumas Ochlin is a Kabeza. Amar Ibar, Amar Rabbi Lazar, the Amar Kra, Mikola Ochel, Asher Ye Ochel. Kola Ochel, Asher Ye Ochel. Well, now you can see why we could have just passed right by it and not noticed anything new. Because that's how people talk. They say, all the food that you eat. That sounds lush, like Lashem Bnei Adam. Ah, because of the fact, so you see what the Gemara is saying here? Because of the fact that we know from Yom Kippur already that not everything that has to do with Hachila has to be a Kazais, now our antennas are up, and when we read Mikola Ochel Asher Yachel, we can actually read something into it and, and infer from that a different shear than just a Kazais. What do we learn from Mikola Ochel Asher Yachel? A drasha. What's the drasha? Says the Gemara, Ochel Haba Machmas Ochel. Wow. It has to be in order to, what, what's the shear for Tumas Ochlin? It has to be food coming out of a food. It's the size of a beitza of a tarnagolas. Okay, well, why a beitza of a tarnagolas? Because in a tarnagolas, an egg comes out of an egg. Well, you can ask, why dafka tarnagolas? Well, the Gemara is going to actually ask that. So here we go. The Imagdi, you know, food coming out of food could be cattle, right? A kid coming out of a goat. So says the Gemara, no. That's not food coming out of a food. Because mom, in the case of a goat, is not a food because she's inedible because she is because she lacks that shechita and therefore you can't eat her yet. Okay, ve'ema ben pakua. Wow, now we're really getting um, interesting here because in Gemara in Chulin, Mishnayas in Chulin, you learn the uh, interesting halacha, which is that when you shecht, uh, when you shecht an animal, shecht a mother goat, let's say, and then you see, lo and behold, there's a fetus inside the goat, that's called a ben pekua. The halacha of a fetus, as suggested by Chulin, Rashi spells this all out, is that you're allowed to shechitas imo metarato, right? Shechitas imo metaraso, which is to say that you do not have to shecht said fetus because the shechita of its mother is what's metarit. This is the Gemara's way of saying that a ben pakua, right, perhaps that's a ochel mitoch ochel. The mother is food because she was ritually slaughtered. The ben pakua, the fetus, is food because it doesn't need shechita. Aha. Says Birnbaum, quite disturbing, I must say. He asks me, um, can you eat it alive? In other words, are you allowed to eat the fetus? You can't, you don't need to shecht it. So what does that mean? While it's struggling, you eat it? I said, Birnbaum, what's wrong with you? Anyway, the Gemara addresses that. The Gemara says, Ta'un Kriya. No, the Ben Pekor, you don't just like eat it like that. You have to, Kriya means you're draining the blood, right? Taking away off the placenta, draining the blood. So it's true, you don't have to shecht it, but you have to prepare it, right? That's what it means, Ta'un Kriya. And therefore, the Ben Pekor is not considered food. That's the point, right? It's not, when we say food coming out of food, we're talking about ready-made. We're not talking about uh, prepared. We're talking about takeout. Okay? So that is the true, by, by a, well, you say it's funny, right? The chicken is also ton shechita, isn't it? So why would you think that, uh, why would you think that the, that, that the, um, right, the gdi is mechusar shechita? The beitzas tanagolis is also kind of mechusar uh, shechita. Okay. Uh, the Gemara tries again. We're going to see that this ends up not being the source of, of a beitza. You know, it's interesting, right? Because we, let's say you said, so you say beitza, right? So did you ever wonder, when we say kabeza, when we say kazayas, so it's true, there's big olives, there's small olives, somehow we arrive at a kazayas benoni. When we say kabeza, 
Why would we think it's the dafka, the baits of eternal gold? So you'll say, well, what kind of, I mean, like, oh, you look at the baits and the shuk, it's all chicken eggs. That's what people eat. That's true. But where did we come up with this weird thing, chicken eggs? You say in those days it wasn't weird. That was a common measurement of baits, maybe. But what they're discussing now is not only, right, with reference to Thomas Ochlin, but in general, where do we come up with the idea of a baits? Right? And how do we know that a beitza is dafka beitza tarnagol? So that's, uh, that's kind of uh, embedded in the conversation here. So the Gemara is going to try again. It's going to say, okay, so it's, let's say it's a beitza. So let's say we, let's say somehow you're convinced now that the beitza is the most ready to meet, uh, right? In other words, it might be true that the beitza is ton shchita, so we'll put that aside. Uh, you can't argue that there's a more ready-made food that uh, comes out of an animal than a beitza. So I'll accept that. Okay, fine. So then the Gemara is going to say, But once, even once you say egg, so maybe it should be the egg of the bar yachani. So you, that's like, think of an ostrich, but really the largest ostrich you've ever seen. As Rashi points out, the bar yachani was an animal that was so big that in Bechoros Nun uh, Zayin, it says that once one of the eggs of this giant bird uh, splattered, and the yolk was so, um, <laughs> there was so much yolk that it drowned out 60 cities. Do you see this? Uh, the, uh, that's a lot of yolk, drowning out 60 cities. Um, uh, Birnbaum thinks it's an exaggeration. Okay, uh, yeah, it does sound like, whoever said this sounds like he knows how to exaggerate, but who am I? I wasn't there. Anyway, why would you not, in other words, this is a way, the Gemara's way of saying that a beitza is not specific enough because there's all different sizes of beitza. That's how you see this, right? And so how do we know that it's the beitza of a chicken? That's the question. So the Gemara answers, fascinating. Tafasta meruba lo tafasta, tafasta mua tafasta. A famous adage stuck right in the middle of here. What does it mean? So the Choronim have different explanations for what this means. But basically what it means is, in a lot of cases, how it applies to shiurim is fascinating because it, uh, sometimes having a smaller shear is a chumrah, sometimes having a smaller shear is a kula, right? If you're talking about an iser, so you say, okay, you've fulfilled this iser with a smaller shear, that would be a chumrah, right? But sometimes it could be a kula. You're yaitzay kezayis matzah with a smaller shear, right? Anyway, be that as it may, uh, that plays into how you understand this tafasta meruba, lo tafasta, tafasta mua, tafasta. The point is like this. If you take the smallest shear, right, the Gemara is saying, if you take the smallest, I guess, logical, uh, shear, then at the very least, you know that that will work. So again, it's, it's, this, there's sarachiyun here, right? Because if you're, ta- if you're talking with regards to, um, iser, so that's true. What you're basically being, doing is being machmir. Right, you're saying I could be machmir with this small shear, and therefore I know, right, that it's going to uh, that I'm going to be covered, and I'm not making any mistake, right? I was able to avoid the chumrah. Of course, right, you're not going to say tafasta muat tafasta when it comes to let's say the shear achilas matzah, right? That would, that would be counterintuitive. So here we're talking about is- iser, right? In this particular case where we're talking about Thomas Ochlin, it, it would make sense to say tafasta muat tafasta, which is to say. At least if you handle it, uh, right, if you handle it that way and you are machmer in yourself, then at least you know that it worked out. And therefore, the Gemara at this point is advocating for taking the smaller shear. And when you say kibetza, taking the smallest uh, kibetza imaginable. Um, the question then arises, well, okay, so we understand why we're not using the shear of the egg of the bar yochani. 
but why are we using the shear of the egg of the Tanagol? If we're going to apply the principle of tafasta, mu'at tafasta, maybe we should use the egg of like a snake or some other animal that has the tiniest possible egg. And that's, in fact, the question of the Gemara here. Says the Gemara, Ema beyasa de tziporsa. Here, a tzipor, right, a hummingbird, whatever, it's a smaller bird than than a uh, than a chicken, the zutartuva, which is very tiny. So Rashi takes out the zutartuva, which is very very tiny. I don't know why, hundred uh, percent. But the bottom line is, we understand fundamentally what the question is here. Why are we stopping at a chicken? If you're going to say tafasta mua tafasta, then let's go with an even smaller egg. So here is where we have a fundamentally different answer as to how we know what a beitza is, and this really applies to I think all. Uh, all shirim and whenever we say kabetza, which is as follows, Rabbi Yabo Didayamar. Rabbi Yabo himself said, uh, in other words, why himself? What does he have to do himself? Well, because his Rebbe was Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar was the one, right, that start, that started us off on this, on Mikol Asher Yachel, Ochel Abamachmas Ochel. And Rabbi Yabo himself, uh, having been a Tom and Muvak and sitting in that shir, was, gave an explanation so, right, so it would be like saying, whatever, Rav Salvechik said something, and we're trying to figure out what he said. Oh, but Rav Hershel Shechter Shlita said, right, uh, that this is what the Rav meant. And he was sat in the shear for, you know, 30 years, so this must be what the Rav meant. What did he say? Mikol ha'ochel asher yachel means, oichel sheta ochla bevasachas, has nothing to do with food coming out of food. Take that out of your mind. It just means, ochel, that you eat with one Single swallow. What's the ochel v'shiur chachamim ein beisabli amachzik yosei mebeitzas tarnagolas? That's where you come up with a beitzas tarnagolas. That ochel asher yachel, which right, I can understand why we didn't understand this in Rabbi Lezer's word wor, uh, words. Ochel yotzimitoch ochel. That's what it sounds like he said. He said no. It means food that you can eat in a single swallow. So instead of Food coming out of food. We're talking now about you ingesting food. Okay. So I didn't, I would not have intuited that. That's number one. Number two, Bavas Achas. Okay. Ochel Asher Yachel. That food which could be eaten in one shot. Okay. And what's the amount of food that you could eat in one shot? An interesting lush of Shiro Chachamim, right? They measured it. It's a Beitzas Tarnagolas. Okay. Now, mind you, here, we're not getting into tafasta muat tafasta, tafasta meruba tafasta, because this teretz is talking about a precise measurement, right? A precise measurement of the average man's ability, right? The average human uh, consumption in one swallow. So that's a totally different thing. Once we're getting into that precise, specific uh, shear, so then already there's no muat meruba, right? It's, it's, it's not a guessing game in terms of what, right? Are we talking about a big olive or a small olive, big egg, small egg? Right now we're talking about like more precision as far as what is the typical um, amount that one could swallow. And this is, in fact, how we arrive at a kibetza. That's why we know that a kibetza is a chicken's egg. There you go. Now you know. Okay. 17 lines down, pay him at Aleph. So that was Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar had said this idea. So now another idea with regards to Rabbi Lazar that has to do with shiurim. I'm a Rabbi Lazar. Person who eats chalev. This is an unbelievable thing. You're going to love this. Somebody's eating chalev. This is one of the firmest avaryanim you'll ever meet in your life. The guy's eating chalev on purpose. Okay. But he should write down how much chalev he ate. Shema yava bezdin acher 
Because maybe there's going to be another Bezdin and it's going to change what the shear is of the Chelem. So this is again where, where the Briska Rav says, according to Rabbi Leibowitz, there's a machlokas. We're going to see sh- soon. Rabbi Yochanan holds that all the shiurim are, uh, he quotes, he's quoted saying, all the shiurim are lachlamash misinai. Here we clearly see a bezdin is going to change, is going to be koveya, what the shear is. Right? So that's, first of all, an incredible thing. Uh, it's going to increase, it could decrease, says Rabbi Leibowitz. How do we know? For example, why why don't we, when we eat a uh, matzah on Pesach, right, why don't we eat a whole box of matzah? Because maybe a bezin's going to come and it's going to say that that's the shear for a kazais. And then it'll turn out we were never yotzeh. So he gives an answer, I forgot from who already, that no, the, the chiv is whatever whatever it is now with with respect to matzah. Okay. Anyways, it's, it's, it's not likely to change that much. That sounds like that would be, that would be wild. That would be so way off. But, but, but keep in mind, what is this guy doing? So let's say, for argument's sake, we're going to say that a chalev, right? The isra chalev is an isra chila. So therefore, the isra chalev is a kazayas, let's say. Okay? So, so let's say that kazayas, for argument's sake, is, I don't know, four ounces. So this guy is going to eat chalev, and he's going to write down Four ounces. I ate four ounces of chalev. Okay. Because he, because when, because when Mashiach comes, he's going to want to know whether he needs to bring a korban. As you'll see, that's going to be the point. In other words, this is a guy, just to put context, it's after korban abayas, right? In other words, like this. If you eat chalev b'shogeg, this is the point. If you eat chalev b'shogeg, I'll say it outside first. Um, then you have to bring a korban chatas. Okay, so if you're a zmana mikdash and you ate chalev b'shogeg, now, as we're going to see, shogeg really means you thought it was really kosher schmaltz. Turned out you ate chalev. And so there you have to bring a korban chatas, assuming you ate a shear. If you ate less than a shear, so then you're going to be, right, you're not going to bring a korban anyway. That's what the Gemara is going to point out. But the hava mina here in the Gemara is a guy thought that he ate enough chalev. Let's say he thought that the shear of eating chalev was four ounces. So he ate four ounces of chalev, like on purpose. But he's writing down that he ate four ounces on chalev with the thought that Mashiach is going to come tomorrow. They're going to build a base of Mikdash and the new Sanhedrin will convene and they'll say, you know what? Shear Kazais was always six ounces. Oh. If the shir kazais was six ounces, then he inadvertently, or no, the other way around is the havamina. The havamina is he ate six ounces, and then the, and the Sanhedrin will say shir kazais was four ounces. Well, uh, when he ate six ounces, he thought that six and a half ounces, let's say, was a shear. That's what he did. He purposely ate less than a shear of a kazais. He wanted to, he could not, right? He saw a commercial he was watching the game and they had a commercial for delicious chalev and he just could not resist. He went out and purposely ate less than a kazayas of chalev. Sure enough, the next day the base of Mikdash is built and he goes and he sees, oh no, I ate, uh, whatever, the quarter pounder, you know, I ate six uh, ounces of chalev thinking six and a half was the shear. Turns out four is the shear. Now I ate the amount that I ate, the shogeg. So that's why he wrote down how much he ate, so that so, if such a scenario were to occur, and Chazal would say that the shear was even a smaller shear, so then it turns out that he ate, lemafreya, 
the chelav b'shogeg, and he'll have to bring a korban. That's the havamina and the gemara. Now that turns out to be a lot a problematic havamina. Saying it outside, first of all, that's not called shogeg. The gemara is going to say shogeg because he ate the chelav on purpose. Shogeg is when you at, thought it was kosher and it turns out it was treif. Eating the wrong shear on purpose and then the mafreya finding out that it was a, that it was enough of a shear to be usher is not called is not going to be something that you're going to bring a carbon for. That's not the shogeg that you bring a chatas for. You only bring shogeg for a chatas when you didn't realize it was chelev. That's the first thing that Gemara is going to ask. Gemara is also going to address if it's true that the case is that Chazal came and said that the shear is smaller and then you end up Right, have eaten a, a shear of chelav. Why would it use a lashon yar bebeshiurin? Yar bebeshiurin sounds like they made it larger, not that they made it smaller. So now we can see it all inside. If you just see it straight inside, it could be confusing. So now that we have the context, we can read it straight through. So again, we'll start from Amar Rabbi Lazar again. Seventeen lines then. Amar Lazar, hocha chelav is manazet zorach sheichtov lo shear. He should write down how much he ate. Shema yovah bezdin acher v'yar bebeshiurin. We'll see. It's going to change this year. My yar bebeshiurin. What's the case? So says the Gemara. E name of the mechayvi korban akazayis katan. If mar bebeshiurin, what it means is that right. Rashi says v'achikamar ochel pachos mekazayis bezbanazay yichtov shiur zeachalti shema ibana bezemikdash beyamav itchadish bezdin betitchadish halacha. Amazing, right? So Rashi is explaining. They're going to say v'yomur shechayv korban al kazayis katan. They say, no, kazais means like a real olive. Oh, that, that's not what we hold a kazais is, right? It's not like when you see the olives come out of a can. So all of a sudden, uh-oh, he ate too much chelev. Says the Gemara, Tanya, is that really true? That can't be. Because we know that we learned in a brisa with respect to eating chelev, right, where the Pasuk says that when a person eats a chelev unintentionally, it says, hashov mi diyoso, maybe korban al Right, which is to say, Yediyaso here means a knowledge of the fact that he's actually eating chelev, not knowledge of the shiurim. That's what it means. In other words, a person who, shav me diyaso, right? In other words, had he known that he was eating chelev, he would not do it at all. That's the person who brings a korban chatas on eating chelev b'shogeg. Lo shav me diyaso, but if he would have eaten it anyway, in other words, his issue was not eating the chelev, that he did on purpose. The issue was that he thought he was keeping the proper shear, and maybe korban shogeg, he's not going to give a korban anyway, so that can't be the case. So says the Gemara, what's the case? El delo mechaibi korban adeika kezayis godol. The case isn't when he, he tried intentionally to eat less than a kazais and then it turns out the kazais shear was smaller. Rather, the case was that he tried, he ate it. This is a different, fundamentally different case. He ate chelev v'shoigeg and he found out, it has to be this, that he found out like this. He ate and he was eating schmaltz and he thought it was kosher. And then he knows that he ate four ounces. And then somebody says, you know, you just ate chelev. So what the Gemara is saying is, write down that you ate four ounces. That's what Rabbi Lazar is saying. Rabbi Lazar is saying, don't write down that you're not high of a korban, or that you are high of a korban, because that's not going to be specific enough. Write down that you ate four ounces of chelev b'shogeg. Why? Because later it's going to be what? Uh, this is all implied in El Because let's say you thought the shear was four ounces. And so you're in Zman Chorban Abayas. And you're eating, right? And you just found out, Rahman al-Islam, that you ate Chalev. Okay? So write down that you ate four ounces. Because it's possible that when 
the base of Mikdash is rebuilt tomorrow, Bezras Hashem, and Sanhedrin convenes, they're going to say, no Dibidi Huda, right? They're going to say, six ounces is Chalev. Okay, well, six ounces of Kazais, Kazais Gadol. Turns out that you didn't eat a shear. Ah, see, that's why it's good. You didn't write down that you're not Chayv a Korban Chattas so that you are Chayv a Korban Chattas. Because if you had written down, right, somebody, you, th- you ate what you thought was a Kazais of Chalev. And somebody tells you, ooh, it was Chalev. You thought it was kosher. Somebody told you it's chalev. So if you write down, uh-oh, when the base of Mikdash is built, I'm going to be chayev a korban chatas. Right? We saw this in Masechus Shabbos also. The whole question of keeping a cheshben and how many korbanos chatas we're going to have to bring, right, for, for uh, Averos Bishogeg, right, when the base of Mikdash comes. And do you have to do that, etc. So let's say with chalev you're doing that. You're keeping a cheshben. Any time, chas v'shalom, you found out that the kosher thing that you ate was inadvertently chalev, you keep, you keep a cheshben. And you say... I have to bring a carbon chatas. Don't do that, says Rabbi Lazar. Just write down the amount that you ate. Because you might write down that you ate four ounces. Bezin's going to convene and say that six ounces is the chiv. Oh, now it turns out you don't have to bring a carbon because you didn't eat a shear. And what would have been the problem if you had written that you're high of a carbon? Because you would have misappropriated a chulin. You can't be makdish an animal and be makrevet as a carbon chatas when you have no obligation to bring carbon chatas. That is something that you cannot do in the mikdash. And that is why we, we tell you, don't write down whether you're high of chatas or not high of chatas. Rather, write down how many ounces of chalev you had. And then we'll see what the shear ends up being when the base of mikdash is built. That is what the Gemara is saying now. Amazing, right? So says the Gemara again. So that is why, that, that, that's, what, that's what he's saying here, right? In other words, Rashi says, This is exactly what we just said. Don't write, I'm chayv achatas, I had four ounces, shem yov abezin, v'if terenim akarban, v'nimtza mevi chulin la'azara. That's how that is said in the Lashon. Of, of, of Chazal. You say, maybe chulin la'azara. You can't just bring a regular chulin. Why is it a chulin la'azara? Because you took an animal, you thought that it's a carbon chatas, but you didn't have to bring a carbon chatas. That is something that you cannot do. You can't bring a regular animal as a carbon. Of course you can't do that. Okay. Good. Now the Gemara, just in wrapping up this issue, asks, what was the Havamina that we thought that, that, um, Yarbebe Shirin was to make the Shir smaller? Right, this new teretz means that they made it larger. Says the If you think, according to the Havamina, that the question was that the Chazal is going to make the Kazai smaller, what was the lashon of Yarbi Bishurin? Says the Gemara, Shema Yarbi Yeah, it doesn't mean that you're going to make the shear bigger, even though Yarbe Bishurin sounds like that. It just means you're going to increase the number, the shear of the amount of carbonates, basically, right? By making the threshold for the chiyuv smaller, you have now create, uh, generated a larger population of people who potentially uh, are over the isser because it's a, sm- a lower threshold to violate it. Good. Okay, 17 lines up from the bottom. That was Rabbi Lazar. Now we're going to say, and again, there's a machlokas achronim here as to whether this is a machlokas between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Lazar or not. But be that may, some say again that maybe it's not. Maybe he's just saying uh, what we said before, that the, that the basic metric system or the lug beta kazai system, as it were, is basically halakha mashim sinai and the application is chazal. But be that as it may, this is a statement of Rabbi Yochanan that's famous that we mentioned in Erevin as well, which is shiur and ve'onshin halacha l'moshim Sinai, that the uh, measurements are halacha l'moshim Sinai. What's interesting here is that it also says ve'onshin, 
Punishments are lachal Moshe Sinai. So the Gemara challenges. What do you mean? Unshin michtav ktivi. What do you mean? Unshin is all in the Torah. The Torah says, if you do this, most you must. If you do this, right? So then the, 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 uh, you get kares. So, I mean, that's in the Torah. What are you saying? It's a lachal Moshe Sinai. It's written down. So says the Gemara, no, no, no. El this is what it meant. Shi'urin shell onshin halachal Moshe Sinai. The amount of shear that you have in order to violate it, uh, something and right trigger an onesh, that is Allah Moshe Misinai. Okay, Tanya Rami Achad, we also have a price that says this. Shi'urin shall onshin Allah Moshe Misinai. Okay, Acherim Omrim. And yet there is in the Brisa Acherim who say, based in Oshel Yabetz Tiknum. I think Acherim is Rabbi Meir, Birnbaum said. Based in Oshel Yabetz Tiknum. Right, we said Stam Acherim, I think is Rabbi Meir. Uh, Stam Mishnah is Rabbi Meir, that's for sure. Anyways, what's based in Oshel Yabetz? Rashi. Who Asniel ben Kenaz? Yabetz was the Talmud Muvak of Yehoshua. Right, Yehoshua. So Yehoshua, um, at some point, Right, he was metakin. Wait a minute, metakin the shirim. How could that be? Says the Gemara. Vachsiv ela hamitzvos shei navi rasha lechadish tover malta. When it says ela hamitzvos in vayikra, it means this. What you have now in the Torah, that's what it is. You can't start playing around in future generations. You can't just have some navi show up and say, no, it's like this. The shir is like this. Ela hamitzvos. Whatever you got in 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 what in Har Sinai is what you get. So how can you say that? Uh, Yabetz or Osniel, uh, was the one that was Kaveyat later. So the Gemara, no, no, no. El Shechachum. Yes, it's true. Of course, the attempt here was to remember what, in fact, those mitzvahs were that were given in Sinai. There were some forgotten measures. Vechazur Visadum, and it was the Bezdin of Osniel, of Yabetz, as we call him, that, uh, reestablished it. Good. So now we're two dots, 12 lines up from the bottom. And we say, Hashosim Lugmov. Person drinks malolugmav. This is returning to the Mishnah. It says that's the shear of uh, the iser on um, uh, on kares, right? On uh, yom kippur. The issue going to be here now, and I'll say it outside first. Basically, you're going to learn that the shear for food is objective. The shear for liquids is subjective. Hydration is subjective. Eating is going to be a objective shear. Very interesting. Let's see. We're going to turn on the afterburners here because we have 15 minutes left. It's not talking about actually filling his cheeks so you look like a puff fish. But it's the amount that would appear like one side of a cheekful. Okay. There are nantnan. Melo lugmav. Okay, but we said melo lugmav. So why do you think that it doesn't mean that? So ema kim melo lugmav. It, it's like melo lugmav, but not actual melo lugmav. Nesve. Okay. Kama yishtevi yechayev. Well, we have a brisa where we ask how much you can be chayev on Yom Kippur. Beis shama yomim revius. Vesil omim melo lugmav. Rabbi Yehuda omim mishum Rabbi Lezer. Kim melo lugmav. And Rabbi Yehuda ben Zera omir kadei gemia. So sure enough, we see a four-way machlokas in a brisa where melolugmav and kimelolugmav are two different things. So how are you going to say that kimelolugmav is the interpretation of melolugmav? And besides, we know that the halacha is always like Basilel. Basil is saying melolugmav in contrast with kimelolugmav. So we're in trouble now because of this brisa. So the Gemara answers no. Miadifa mimasnisin do kimna kadei Right? In other words, like this. The, in, 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 uh, the wording of Beis Hillel, that is actually a stronger, uh, a stronger way to refute Shmuel than the wording of our Mishnah. Why? Because when it says 
in Yom Kippur, Kamal Lugnov, we said that that's Kadesha Yeraya, right? That which we already explained, which is that it should look like Yeraya, Hachinami Kadesha Yeraya. In other words, just like on Yom Kippur, we said Kadesha Yeraya, Yeraya, and that was the explanation of our Mishnah. So, so too, when we say Malol Lugnov in the Brisa, it could also mean Kadesha Yeraya, and therefore, that is what carries the day. In other words, We'll find out what Kimalalugmav means. But Malolugmav we know means Kideshirai. That's the point. In other words, we our question was again, we said Malolugmav and we said, well, does it have to be real? He said, no, it just has to look like it. Okay. So then why does it say Malolugmav? He says, okay, so say it's Kimalalugmav. We said, no, but that's in a different price. He says, okay, whatever. You're not, you're not going to throw me off my game by saying that Kimalalugmav appears in a brisa. I still hold that Malolugmav means that that's what it looks like, not what it is. Fine. So it says the Gemara though, Okay, but if you're going to say that the, the, the Milo Lugmav means like what it appears, so then what's the difference in the Brysa between Beis Hill and Rabbi Lazar? In other words, we still want to find out what's shot in the Brysa of Milo Lugmav versus Kimilo Lugmav. So it says the Gemara, The difference is that Rabbi Lazar is going to want like the fill of his cheeks, right? However, like, like Milo Lugmav, he who says Kimilo Lugmav, it's just a question of how puffy it needs to be. Basilos are going to say below Lugmov that it has to appear fully puffy on one side, and Rebeliezer is going to say it's going to have to appear almost fully puffy on one side. That's basically the question. That, that's how we understand the Brysa, and that once we understand the Brysa, we can maintain that Basil holds that Melol Lugmov is in fact the appearance on one side of the puffy cheek. However, to that, Matkif Lav Yeshua, a more fundamental question, not just how to read the Brysa, but what's going on. Im Kain, Havale Mikule Beishamai, Mechum This is a problem. It makes it sound like Beishamai is more Mechul than Beishilal. Why? Because we assume that the Revius is what? Larger than the amount that would make one cheek, right, uh, one cheek uh, puffed out. That's a problem because, again, the threshold for having the Chiv would then be uh, lower for Beis Hillel, which would mean that Beis Hillel is more machmir and Yom Kippur in the shear of liquid than Beit Shammai, which is a problem because we have an extensive, exhaustive list in Adios of the cases where Beit Shammai is Mekil, and this is not on that list. So it cannot be that Beis Hillel is more machmir than Beit Shammai, and since half a cheek is, in fact, and I mean, one full cheek, I should say, is less than Ereviyas, this should have made the list of where Beit Shammai is, Mekel, as opposed to Beit Hillel. So as we turn at the uh, time of 6.16 a.m. to Peyam and Beis, we're going to answer this. Says the Gemara, Ki itchil be'og melech habashan itchil. Whoa! When they asked this question in the Beis Medrash, and they said, what's the Melol Lugmav? They were talking about og melech habashan. Well, once you're talking about og melech habashan, well, one of his cheeks is certainly bigger than Ereviyas. That's the answer. In other words, Beis Hillel is more mekel because he's talking about the Melol Lugmav of Og Melech Habashan. Wait a minute. The Havu Le Beis Shammai just to finish it off. So that means Beis Shammai, by saying Ervias, is in fact Machmer because Ervias is certainly less than a one cheekful of Og Melech Habashan. But this drove Rav Zeir crazy. Matkifla Rav Zeir, Maishna Achila, the Kol Chad Vachad Bechachoseves, Maishna Shtiya, the Kol Chad Vachad Bedidei. This is, he's cutting to the heart of the issue, right? You might ask, wait, wait a minute, why are we asking this Shaila about Og Melech altogether? Why would that even come up? 
Because again, and, and, and in Reb Zeyra's Hatkafa here, you see the crux of the issue, which is they were asking basically, if a dude is a giant dude, what would be his shear? That's where the nafkamina is. In other words, a regular person, a Revius and a Malo Lugmav of Beis Hill and Beis Shama is essentially the same. But when you have a giant person, if you say Malo Lugmav, it's going to be more than a Revius. And then what do you do? Do you say that we say his threshold is a Revius, just like the threshold by food is a Kazayas? Or do you say, no, for him, it's also Malo Lugmav, like two gallons. That's the question. So it's really not as silly a question as it sounds. We're not asking, like, oh, what's the halach, you know, we're not asking a kasha from a Misa, right? Like, what would be the case of oig melech and making gematrias? No. We're asking, what would, what would be the case of a person with a large malo lugmav? Would it be subjective based on his cheekful, since that's the shear by liquids? Or would it be objective revius, which is a shear that we already know? It's a, right? It's a quarter lug. That's the question. So we say no, that by him, we hold like Beis Hillel, and Beis Hillel says it's subjective, it's Malo Lugmav. Not like Beis Shammai who says, so right, right now the Machlokas isn't Chumrah versus Kula. The Machlokas is, is it a measurement that's objective, like Ervius, that's Beis Shammai, or is it a measurement that's subjective based on one's cheek, like Beis Hillel? To which Rabzeir asks, why would liquid and solid be different? L- solid, we see it's objective measurement. So why wouldn't liquid be objective measurement? Or Revius says Beit Shammai. Why Beit Shammai, all of a, why is Beit Hill all of a sudden by liquids changing it to a Malol Lugmav? That's the question of Reb So to that, the Gemara answers, Just don't forget, when we said that the shear of Achila Anyam Kippur was a Kosevis, it was because that is what calms a person down from his hunger pangs. And less than a wouldn't do the trick. Amazing idea, says Abaye, that food is objectively, a Kosefis of food is always going to calm someone's mind. Whether you're, you know, right? Whether you're Shaquille O'Neal or whoever, Spud Webb, I know I'm using like 90s basketball references, but the point is, whether you're big or you're small, it's going to always going to do that for you. However, liquid and hydration and feeling your thirst quench, that is more subjective. Interesting idea. So that, Matkiv Lord of Zera, he's not giving up. Is that what you say? You're saying that Shaq is going to be happy with just a Kosevis and he's not going to be hungry anymore? So the Gemara says, no. Yes, the Chachamim said yes. That that is, in fact, an objective shear by food, that less than that is not going to be Miyashiv diet, but yes, a Kosevis would be Miyashiv diet even for Shaq. Well, although it might be true, it might be true that Andrew Singer, uh, our faithful leader, come back uh, for Gazunt uh, and Kum Gazunt. If Andrew ate this Kosevis, he'll be more satisfied than Shaq. But Shaq himself would be somewhat satisfied from the Kosevis, and thus, that is the shear for Yom Kippur. It might be more or less satisfying, but it's satisfying enough to be Chayev on Yom Kippur. Okay, so Maskevlar is there. So, are you going to say that it doesn't matter what food you have? Like, you could have a steak, fatty steak, a basar shamein, or a salad, and either way, you can be chayav on Yom Kippur? In other words, how are you making the food on Yom Kippur, the shear of a kosevis, totally categorical? Like, like it's a kosevis of any food. There's different foods are more filling. Different people are different sizes, and they get their, their right? So, the Gemara is answering in both cases. 
It's true. It's true. Let's, so, so, so to recap, a small salad for Shaq would be the least satisfying thing in the world, but it's enough to remove hunger pangs enough that a kosevis of even a salad, even to the largest person, would in fact be a chiyuv of achila on Yom Kippur. And therefore we could give the objective shear of solid kosevis in a, when it comes to food. Okay, so that's the case of solids. What's going to be with liquids in the middle of the page on Payment Bays? Matkiflorava, Kazayas Bichde Achilas Pras, Vikosevichde Achilas Pras. He gets into Achilas Pras. In order to be Chayev, we know, we say the Kazayas not only has to be, uh, eaten, um, that amount, but at a certain rate, a rate known as Kade Achilas Pras, the amount that it takes to eat like a half a loaf. So, are you going to say that that's also the shear for the Kosevis of Yom Kippur? An interesting question. The Gemara answers, Amleabai, Kimlu Rabbana, Debrachim Yasvadaite. Yes, that, that that's what it takes to be miyashiv da'at, betfei ma'achil lo miyashiv da'ite, right? Rashi's explaining that, that, that less than that, um, or more than that, would not be miyashiv da'at, it's a chiddish, it's a chiddish. So then we say, matkif slavrava, bechoseves kodei achilas pras, chatsi pras bechodei achilas pras, right? From the other direction, right? A much larger amount. A koseves is achilas pras, but we also have the, the idea with regards to tuma of food that you have a chati pras must also be eaten within the, uh, which is much larger, that also must be eaten with uh, half a loaf of bread, within the time of, of a half a loaf of bread. So that, that's astonishing. So to that, the Gemara answers, Amalei Papa, Hanach Latuma Gavia, the Lavdor Raisahi. A fascinating thing that since Tuma, food, that's only a Darabanan, we were very, very lenient and we'd say that even, right, that, that you have, um, and the time that's needed, as Rashi explains, right, obviously by definition, a chati pras is half of a pras. So, and yet we say that we're going to give you more time to eat it. We're going to give you the amount of time it takes to eat a full pras in order to do it. So even though it seems like an inherently ridiculous halacha that you're going to be high if to eat an achilas pras in the amount of time that it takes to eat a full pras, it's not ridiculous at all. It's a kula and it's a kula by design. It's a kula because this is a halacha derabanan and not a halacha deraraisa. A couple more minutes. Sounds like it's a deraraisa. It's a pasuk. So says the Gemara, no, Midir Abanan. Really, the whole idea is Midir Abanan. This Pasuk that you just pointed out is really an Asmachta Be'alma. So now we arrive at the two dots, 12 lines up from the bottom and pay them base, and we're going to basically have to finish here, but we'll just uh, point out that this is where uh, we, the one thing that we didn't really highlight uh, before was all the questions of the subjective, just to recap. The objectivity of the food that we said before had a subjective element to it, right? We said that be, we are able to give an objective share of a kosevis for foods, right? Regardless of what the food is, because that is, in fact, what's going to reduce hunger pangs. As opposed to, again, when it comes to liquids, melolugmav is an indication that thirst pangs are only alleviated in a subjective fashion and not objective. And with that, we'll resume tomorrow, 12 lines up at the two dots. On Payam and Bays.